Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker. I am joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. We're here to recap the Falcons' 30-17 loss to division rival Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Falcons drop to 5-7. and seven. Buccaneers move to 9-3, and three, secure their lead at the top of the NFC South. But before we get into that, Evan, how you doing? I'm doing well, DW. Um... You know, it was kind of, it kind of went as we expected. Um, but yeah. nonetheless, you know, you always go into these games hoping for a different outcome. Um, but how are you doing? I know you were at the game today. I was so. at the game, which is why the post game is landing a little bit later than usual and um, an opportunity to hang out with some of my friends from high school that I graduated with. Uh, we had a good time, you know, beer, food, um, a a modestly entertaining game, uh, <laughs> I guess, depending on your standpoint. So yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. It was it was nice to actually be away from the computer uh, on a mm-hmm. Sunday for once. Um, so how was it on TV though? Because I can tell you live, it, it this felt like a disjointed game. What is what is your take your your takeaway from this Falcons loss uh, to the Buccaneers? Um, I mean, it's just a continual lack of offensive playmakers and a defense that's just not talented, but that's every week. I mean, I'm sure it's, it was similar in person. Like there's a couple names that kind of flash like Mike Davis finally had a, you know, his, a day that we hoped he would like, mm-hmm. it wasn't on the stat sheet tremendous, but he was running hard. Uh, his, you know, he was hitting holes, right. Um, where in, past games it seemed like anytime he got a carry it was for like a yard because he ran into like the offensive line and just didn't go anywhere (laughs) but i mean when you average eight yards per carry um that's a pretty solid day um but overall i mean it's just a falcons team that lacks talent um and even when they play up to their potential of you know how great the talent can be um like when they're hitting their ceiling, it's still not enough to win games. And when it is enough to win games, you know, it's not like they're beating the brakes off people like they're no. squeaking by. So I think that's kind of what the identity of this current team is. Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, I do think they they didn't turn in a, a perfect game by any stretch. No, um, not at all. They they had some you know key mistakes. Uh, Jake Matthews with with two false starts, you know, uncharacteristic for him. Um, Jalen Mayfield was a disaster in the middle. Um, yeah. Matt Ryan sacked five times, and it felt like I know this wasn't the case, but it felt like all of them were third down sacks and, and killed drives. Uh, and of course, you had like the fumble from Russell Gage on the drive that was like, yeah. promising. Like they kept shooting themselves in the foot, and this. Right feels like you know this actually felt like an offense today that was able to move the ball but then just found inexplicable ways to just absolutely just stop themselves and 
you know, that's, it's frustrating. That first drive that they had was fantastic. Um, and I think showed a lot of promise, especially coming off of the Jacksonville game. And you and I had talked about that. Jacksonville had a great run defense. The Bucks have a very good run defense. You know, one of the top three in the league coming into this game. And, you know, we, we mentioned that uh, if they can do it for a second week in a row, this there, that will show some real progress from this offensive mm-hmm. line. Well, they did it for the second week in a row. They, they had over a hundred yards rushing total, uh, as a team, Patterson was 78, Mike Davis was 32. They averaged 5.3 yards per carry. I mean, it was, you know, that first drive was really promising. And they had drives the rest of the way that felt promising. It just got upended either by bad snaps mm-hmm. or fumbles or drops. It was it like it just seemed like there was one, something on every drive. It, it doesn't matter what it was or giving up a, you know, a 10 yard sack. Um, this team kept getting in its way. And yeah. I, I think it would have been closer. It probably would have been a lot closer if just one of those things, whether it was like the Russell Gage fumble or some of those key drops, if, if you clean up one or two of those things, this is probably like a single score game. And yeah, yeah I think that's, that's going to stick with me because I, I actually felt like they, they were more competitive against the Bucs um, in this week than they were uh, in week two. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something I guess, you know, you could build on. But before we get into the specifics of what the offense did, give us a refresher of what the injury situation looked like coming in, because there were some guys for the Bucks that were out. Um, and I, I think that probably had a little bit of an influence. But let, let's recap that real quick. For the Falcons and actors were Josh Andrews, um, Jonathan Bullard, who was dealing with the ankle injury. So he wasn't going to play anyways. Uh, John Kaminsky, who's been a healthy scratch for most of you know, the fairly, <laughs> yeah, fairly often. Uh, they decided to uh, do a healthy scratch with Wayne Gallman, who's looked okay at times uh, to promote Quadri Allison to the roster um, from the practice squad. And he played very minimal um, role in the game. Uh, Mike Pennell on the defensive line was another inactive. And James Valders, I thought, was an interesting one because I've kind of liked what we saw from him uh, recently. Um, and especially when the Falcons, like, I mean, you, this is obviously hindsight, but the Falcons pass rush was close to non-existent against Tampa. Um, kind of leaving him inactive, I thought was a questionable move. Um, for Tampa, they were without Jalen Darden, who's been more of a special teams guy. Uh, defensive lineman Steve McClendon, uh, quarterback Kyle Trask, uh, Jordan Whitehead, who was one of the safeties that they were without. Um due to injury. So yeah, um, for the Falcons, I mean, it wasn't like a ton of impactful players not playing, but I would have liked to see James Walters out there just because we kind of saw what happens when you don't, you know, get any sort of pass rush on Brady. He had all the uh-huh. day to throw the ball and, you know, that's just what happened. Yeah. Um, I think at one point I tweeted that he had four hours and 48 minutes to, to throw <laughs> the ball, um, which feels like an understatement uh, given right. what we saw today. Um, but let's, let's start with the Falcons offense because a lot of people are going to point out that they only scored 10 offensive points and that's hundred percent accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this is an offense right now that is lacking in weapons. It's, it's basically Pitts and Patterson. We finally, you know, saw gauge sort of deliver in a big way. Um, arguably his best game of the year. And then of course, but it, you, you have to pair it with his fumble, um, you know, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, this offense, you know, Matt Ryan, uh, over 73% completion, 297 yards. Like, if I told you that was going to be his day, you'd be like, oh, they're, they're going to have a good chance here. And they scored yeah. 10 points. And, you know, like we were talking about at the beginning, to me, it was just the small mistakes. It was the, the false starts or the dropped passes. Uh, Kyle Pitts had two big dropped passes in this game. And that's not something, you know, that he's known for. He's, he's known for steady hands. Yeah. Um, Russell Gage had a drop. Um, you know, this is, this is an offense that I'll be honest. I actually see a lot of potential here, but they are shooting themselves in the foot and they're doing it at the worst possible moments. And they're just not talented enough to overcome that. Like Tom Brady can throw a pick six and his team skill still score 30 points. And that's sort of where they are from a talent standpoint. Tom Brady can give seven points to the other team and they could still win <laughs> by a sizable margin. Um, and the Falcons aren't that they have to play perfect in order right. to have a good day at the office. So that's my thought on the offense. Um, who stood out for you? What were some of the key stats? Who were who guys then that really jumped off the paper for you? I mean, I said it earlier, but Mike Davis, I thought had put together a solid day um, considering we've seen him be, you know, almost useless in a couple games recently. He had four carries, 32 yards, yeah. um, a touchdown of 17 yards. Um, and then through the air, four receptions uh, for 37 yards uh, long of 20. I thought he was very, um, I want to say he had a great day, but it was, you know, compared to what we've seen this season, I think it was probably one of his better days. Even yeah. the eye test, he was hitting the holes correctly. Like he, he was running hard. Um Kind of like the Mike Davis we thought we were getting, but you know he only had four carries, so it was very limited. But average eight yards per carry, I'll take that. Um, through the air, Matt Ryan, as you mentioned, uh, thirty completions, two hundred ninety-seven yards, pass rating in ninety-three point two. He had no touchdowns, but he also had no interceptions. I think the offensive script for the day was just the lack of scoring. I mean, that's kind of obvious when you're only putting together ten points on offense. Um, but that's kind of what happened. Uh, Patterson on the ground, 13 carries, 78 yards. Um, he did okay. And then through the air, through three receptions, 18 yards, didn't get in the end zone, but he was efficient. He ran well, averaging six carries. Uh, I mean, six yards per carry. Um, as I mentioned, Quadri Allison promoted over Wayne Gallman, but only two carries for seven yards. He had one catch for eight yards. Uh, Gage, as you mentioned, 11 receptions, 130 yards, had a big day, but yeah, some turnovers. And unfortunately, when you're playing Tom Brady, those are, you know, that that's why you don't beat Tom Brady is because right. you make mistakes like that. Um, and unfortunately, that's what happened. Lamade Zacchaeus, you know, three receptions, 44 yards, Kyle Pitts, four receptions, 48 yards. It just, you know, the stats weren't terrible. It's just they didn't score any touchdowns, and yeah. that's you know, that's why they lost Brady, you know, and the rest of the Buccaneers unfortunately did. And that's kind of what the, the summarization of this game is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it. Um, you know, you look at again, like Matt Ryan, 297 yards and, and he, he probably had some passes. He wanted back. Uh, yeah. You know, he wasn't perfect on the day, but I felt like he was far from the biggest problem on offense. Uh, right. To me, it was the, it was the, uh, all the mistakes. It was, you know, Jake Matthews, two false starts, not something we expect from him. It was Jalen Mayfield, you know, getting blown up in, in the middle and giving up multiple sacks. 
Uh, it was Russell Gage and the fumble. It was, you know, drops by guys like Kyle Pitts and Tajay Sharp. And it, it was just this like one thing after another. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it was just one or two mistakes, uh, I think we're looking at a different game. Like we mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. And, you know, you hold the bucks to 30 points uh, and on the day, Tom Brady threw the ball 51 times. Uh, 38 completions, 74.5 completion percentage, 368 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, the thick six. Um, actually, I was impressed with what the Falcons did on defense in, in limiting the run. They yeah. held the Bucks to just um, 3.4 yards per carry. Like they flipped the script. Mm-hmm. Um, we are usually the team that gets run on, and we usually are unable to run the ball. And today it was the opposite. The Falcons were running the ball pretty well. And the offensive line, to their credit, especially in that first drive, were really doing a good job of getting out in front of uh, in the run blocking game. And um, that's why I feel like there are some things that the Falcons could take away from this and, and say, hey, that that was progress. This this offensive line is beginning to get better at run blocking. And that's going to matter um, as we go into the, you know, the back half of the season and go into 2022. Yeah. Uh, as this unit begins to you know get a better feel for each other. Um but then for the defense to like lock down Fournette and this yeah. really good Bucks offensive line, like this is a good offensive line we talked about in the game preview, and they held them to just you know forty four yards on the ground. That's that's all Fournette had a three point four yards per average carry. Now they got torched through the air. You know, Godwin, yeah. <laughs> Godwin had a hundred forty three yards receiving. Uh, Mike Evans had ninety nine. Seemed like uh, every pass was going to. Godwin, 15 yeah. catches. Good it Lord. Unbelievable. 17 targets, 15 catches. Um, Gronkowski, you know, uh, four, four catches off of eight targets, 58 yards at two touchdowns. Um, so it was, you know, through the air where we got beat. But um, I, I, I think the Falcons could take a little bit away from this. Um, it doesn't feel like it. You know, it's a loss. It sucks. But this is one of the best teams in football right now. And yeah. Again, I think if you take away some of those mistakes, this game's a little bit closer. And, you know, we're not talking about a 13-point loss. We're talking about, you know, maybe a, a three-point loss. Or we're talking mm-hmm. about a, a six-point loss or even, you know, a tie game late into the fourth quarter. Um, so, yeah, it's – I don't – I feel like they're, the pieces are there where they could have had a lot of success and they just didn't. This is Advertiser Content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah, I mean, going in the halftime, they were only down by three. Yeah, um, yeah. Having the big, uh, as you mentioned, the thick six, 
was such a massive morale play. Oh, yeah. um, it just unfortunately led straight in the halftime where, you know, you got some time off. But, um, you know, that was such a game changer because it kept the Falcons in the game yeah. um, to where they, you know, if a couple things went differently on offense. But as you mentioned, I mean, Tom Brady, he makes very few mistakes. And when he does, you know, the Falcons did make him pay on that interception. Marlon Davidson, I mean, that was huge. But unfortunately, the rest of the game, uh, you know, just got out of hand. Brady had his way. As you mentioned, it's like he had four hours and 48 minutes or whatever back there. Um, it was crazy just watching how much time he has in the pocket. And I'm oh, not, no. I'm not taking like everybody knows how great Tom Brady is and stuff, but man, does he have time in the pocket, which I wish Matt Ryan had. And then on top of that, having, you know, it's almost unfair having Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans as your receivers compared yeah. to what Matt Ryan's working with. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gronkowski. they're even, Right. And you're without Antonio Brown and it didn't even matter. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Um, just the talent this Buccaneers team has. And unfortunately they're going to, you know, be another uh, probably favorite for the Super Bowl at this point yeah. compared to what, what the rest of the NFC looks like, uh, currently. So Falcons lost to a good team. They were competitive at times, but I, I mean, going into this, I think we knew, uh, this was probably a good chance of a loss happening, um, the Falcons mm-hmm. aren't super talented, but you know, at times they can be competitive against teams. It's just the talent isn't on the roster currently, and that's okay because we're building towards something down the road. Um, so if people were hoping, like, I mean, I, I I'll be the first to you know admit, like, I picked the Falcons to win this game, um, but like I wasn't betting anything on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was, it was more wishful thinking. And, and I thought like, you know, matchup wise, they had, there was times where like they had opportunities to get back in yeah. the game. It's just the offense wouldn't allow it. Um, so it is what it is, but uh, yeah, I think when we look back at this game, it's just, they went up against a, a really good team uh, late in the season. And, you know, but I, I will say comparing this game to week two, I saw more um, from this Falcons team in this game compared to week two, where they did have Calvin yes. Ridley, which, you know, every game that goes by um, we miss Calvin Ridley and everything, but you're noticing uh, how much of a role he plays on offense. Like, yeah, just even when they're not throwing in the ball, just the presence out there is uh, deeply missed by the roster. And, uh, you know, obviously hope he gets better and everything, but yeah, when you're up to Russell Gage being your number one receiver, and no offense to him, but you know he had he had a solid day aside from the fumbles, but he's not a wide receiver one. He's like a low end two, top end three, ideally. Right. Yep. Um, and he's being forced to be their top receiver because Kyle Pitts is still a rookie. Yeah, he's insanely talented, and he'll be great. Um, you know, in the coming years, but he's still a rookie, he's still figuring out the difference between professional football and college, and he'll get there. But you know. It, it's unfair to compare like the talent between these two teams. No, it's yeah, it is. There's a reason the Bucks are a favorite right now yeah. for the Super Bowl, and the Falcons are not even in the conversation. Um, not even close. Like the Falcons are in the conversation for a top ten pick right now. That's yeah. And I think literally after today's game, they're in the top ten uh, as it stands. But you know, at the same time, uh, I, I do feel like if you look at the talent and you look at um, you know what the Falcons are now trying to reset and build, um, 
there are there there are things to be excited about for the long term, and there are things where I, I think this season, you know, look at the Falcons' schedule coming up. Uh, we've got the Panthers next, a Panthers team that literally just fired their offensive coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. That happened in the middle of the game, middle of the Falcons game, um, or right before the game, and they face the Panthers next week. Fa- Panthers are sort of in disarray right now. Um, Christian McCaffrey is out for the year. Um, you know, Cam Newton has looked terrible uh, for the most <laughs> part. Uh, then they go on the road to take on the 49ers team. This probably improving at the right time, but still, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, sort of like the Falcons. Then they host the Lions. Okay. Um, they go on the road to take on the Bills. That's going to be a tough game. And then they're back home to host the Saints, another team that's sort of reeling. The, the Falcons could potentially get three more wins. Yeah. Um, out of this, you know, and me- look, outside chance of four. Now, if you're asking me out of these last five games, I'm thinking the top of it is about two wins. Um, but there's no reason to think that they couldn't, you know, get to eight wins this year. And this is for a team that you mentioned, um, Evan. It, there's clearly talent deficiencies. Um, Tori McElhaney from, you know, AtlantaFalcons.com, she tweeted out, Tampa Bay's defense had 11 quarterback hits and five sacks on Matt Ryan. Um, Meanwhile, the Falcons defense hit Tom Brady once, once. Um, And that is the story of this team right now. In in my mind, the the offense clearly has some issues. We we need someone like Calvin Ridley back on the field. I think it would look much different if you had Calvin and Patterson and Pitts at the same time, Um, but we don't. So, you know, that's not helping. Yeah. But in my mind, if this Falcons team can properly address the pass rush over the next year or two, I, I think there's some there's some <laughs> reason for optimism. Of course, we've been saying that since. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean, as I said it, I sort of like I was like, oh god, I just put that into the universe. Here we go again. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is a annual. Um, wishful thinking that <laughs> will end up with a good pass rush. I mean, but you see the impact it has on teams like yes. the, I mean, just for today, for example, Tampa's secondary isn't, isn't good. They're towards the bottom in the league. Um, yeah. They had like, I believe they had all their starting corners back aside from like Richard Sherman, but they were without two of their uh, safeties and they still seemingly played well but that's because their defensive front is so good. It, it helps out the secondary tremendously because Matt Ryan doesn't have all day like Tom Brady. I mean, you watch how much time he had in the pocket. It's insane compared to what Matt Ryan has oh, yeah. to deal with. Um, and, you know, there's not much we can do about that in season, but hopefully in the future, you know, they'll address that because the last regime – you know, tried, I guess, at times, but not really. And <laughs> we never really got that, like, pass rush we've dreamt of having. So it's it's important. It's it's probably the most important position outside of quarterback is having, you know, a elite pass rush uh, player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. And on that note, the as I mentioned, we've got five more. Five more games, guys, to round out oh, the season. Oh, that's it. Um, Unless we make the playoffs, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible. It's the still NFL, mathematically it's, possible. Yes, it's so stupid how the NFL, like the I'm all for more football, but in a season like this where you know 
we're getting an extra playoff team and that's going to be, I mean, right now, yeah. I, I, I don't know what it currently is, but it's going to be like either the Falcons, Saints, Washington, or I guess the 49ers are in that. They're bubble. still in the thick of it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and they're they're I think they're a better team than the record says, but I mean, it's a lot of not great football teams and that'll be an interesting wild card round to say the least. So yeah. that team will be playing, um, assuming like Arizona gets the top spot, probably Tampa or Green Bay. Yeah. And yep. I don't think anybody really would want to see that, even though you always want your team to make playoffs, but that'll be ugly. <laughs> yeah. Um, those last five games, as I mentioned just a second ago, at the Panthers, um, at the 49ers. And that's probably a win. That's probably not. Um, we're being realistic. Hosting the Lions. That should be, but hell, they just won a game. So that's true. Um, at the Bills, probably loss. Probably not, especially if it's snowing or something. Yeah, and then at home hosting the Saints for the last game Which of the season should be winnable. Yeah, so. I see three winnable games. Um, I'll not say three, that, yeah. not that they will win them, but they're winnable. I, I think the Fal- mm-hmm. Falcons can match up with these teams, especially with where those teams are at currently. You know, the Panthers uh, are obviously in disarray. Three wins gets them, you know, to eight and eight and nine. Um, yeah, and very much uh, possibly in that playoff mix. So, and even if they don't make the playoffs from that, I think that's a pretty good season. Com- you know, considering yes, the talent they had on the roster, having new coaches in place, a new regime, the salary cap issues. Definitely, that's a season you can build off of. I think yes, if they only had two wins on the season, we'd be in a little more of a nervous state. But when you take when you try and distance yourself from the fandom of wanting to be 2016 every season. Yeah. That's a good season to build a future off of. So I would take that, um, you know, but yeah. And it's still in reach. That's the thing, you know, even after a loss like today that, which is frustrating, um, the Falcons could still finish the season reasonably with eight wins and, yeah. Um, you know, maybe even an outside shot of finishing with a winning record. You know, again, I, I, I'm not right. predicting that, but um, but it's know, possible. I mean, like they could yeah. beat San Francisco, and th- I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah, and, and look, um, you know, the Panthers have a great pass rush, but somehow the Falcons' running game has come alive the past two games. If they could take advantage of the Panthers and, and just run the ball down their throats, you know, that could be very. A very yeah. different looking game than what we saw the first time around. So, yeah, there's a lot of football left. Uh, these five games could really still change the outlook of the season for the Falcons. And, you know, as we said last week, and no one expects this team to be a noisemaker in the playoffs, but mathematically, they're still in it. They're, they have not been eliminated. And with the remaining schedule, you can see an outside chance for them to squeeze into that final spot and make things interesting. So, yeah. And that's, as you said, Evan, for the first year, for everything, all the challenges they face, losing some key players to injury, losing Calvin Ridley uh, for mental health issues. I mean, this is, in my mind, this would be a hell of a way to start, you know, your first year uh, for Arthur yeah. Smith and Terry Fontenot. So, I mean, we've seen it, you know, and you can look at other other teams around the league this year. Like, it doesn't always go that well. Like, mm-hmm. usually a first-year head coach – especially with a, you know, if you got a first year GM, um, you may be happy to get five wins like throughout the entire season. Um, So that's definitely something they could build off of. Sure. It's not a Super Bowl win, but I mean, I don't even know if that's ever happened where a head coach comes in and has, you know, a Super Bowl victory their first year. 
I mean, you can make, you could make the comparison to like, I think Mike Tomlin did something like that with the Steelers, but it was like his second year and they already had a pretty good roster. Exactly. This roster is like a disaster if we're being frank. And there's a lot of talent deficiencies. I mean, you could just look at the receiving core is probably the worst in the NFL. Um, And I don't think that's like a hot take when you're one of the worst. The saints may argue with you, but I I would even say I think the Saints have a couple of better players than we do. So. Yeah, but you wouldn't want either one. Like they're both like terrible. Yeah, and, and you could, the Jets maybe you could throw in there. I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean, considering all things we've seen this season, if they end up with eight wins, you know, I'll take that. Yeah, happily. Yep. And um, we got the news that the cap space is going to be a little more uh, favorable towards us. So uh, you know. Off season's going to hopefully be a little better, more exciting. Yeah, um, I, I certainly hope so. At, at minimum, it won't be the complete uh, crap show that we saw this past year. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I think that gets us to the end of the podcast. Um, Evan, as always, we will be back to preview the second game against the Panthers uh, later mm-hmm. this week. But for now, remind our listeners where they can find you and what you have going on. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield. Um, everything at thefalcolic.com. Follow Instagram, the underscore falcolic. We're on Facebook, the falcolic, and then also on Twitter. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. You know, we'll be back, as DW mentioned, to talk about the Panthers game. Um, I want to say a quick shout out. Um, you know, we lost a legend in the NFL or the Falcons community and the NFL community, and Claude Humphrey, who my opinion is one of the top five Falcons of all time. Um, what he was able to do in an era that didn't throw the ball as much as they do today, having unofficially 130 um, sacks. And he's currently unofficially the Falcons uh, leading um, uh, sack leader with uh, 99 and a half, I believe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, passed away at age 77 over the weekend and, terrible to hear he's in the ring of honor so he you know you can like see him at the stadium and stuff like that and you know just one of the greats uh gone um and you know it's sad but uh rest in peace yep uh absolute legend uh for the falcons so hate to see that um as for me guys uh you can follow me on twitter at falcoholic dw updates for this podcast at Falcoholic Pod, and of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. We will be back for the preview of the upcoming Panthers game. That one's going to be fun because we get the trash talk. uh, A Panthers team that is in disarray (laughs) right now, man. Oh, my word. We'll have some fun on that one, Evan, I promise. Um, Yeah. And Gina and I will be back for the voicemails podcast. So, Also, if you want to throw us questions for that, Oh, they absolutely. could probably DM you or, or mention it on Twitter if you have any questions about the Carolina game. Yeah, um, yep. Just because it. we've played them already, so we have something to base that on. So if you want to send me or DW a message or just tweet at us, um, we'll answer those. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I love it. Uh, and as for those voicemails, guys, you can call the number 404-592-2823. Uh, that number again is 404-592-2823. All right, uh, this is Dave Walker, uh, joined by Evan Birchfield. We thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.